Today on the podcast, we have my good friend, Emilio Alexi. He used to be the administrator at the L'Espoir Timoun Clinic. I've waited a long time to interview Emilio to hear his story. So, Emilio, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? I am doing well. And so I wanted to jump right in, Emilio. Um, let's start from the beginning. Where were you born in Haiti? Yes, Dr. Shrimp. I was born in southeast uh, of Haiti. The name of the city is Bene. Bene. Yes. Okay. The village is, was uh, beautiful. So a lot of beach there. Oh, it's by the beach. Yes, exactly. Wow. And, and so there was a beach. Were there also mountains in there? Mountain. Okay. So it's like very Haitian where you have mountains and then the sea. Yes. Um, which is really beautiful. As you grew up in this village, uh, tell me about your family. Uh, ten kids. Ten kids. Yes. So you're one of ten. Yes. Wow. Five girls and five boys. Okay. I am the third one in my family. Okay. What kind of work did your father do? Um, my father and my mom, they had a little store there. I was one of manager of these little stores. So you I said, yeah. So your parents, not yeah. surprisingly, they saw you as free labor. So mm-hmm. they had you working in the store. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. kind of managing things. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you started business kind of at an early age. Yes. When did you start? At what age did you start working in the uh, store? Uh, it was uh, nine, ten years old. Nine or ten years old. Yes. Okay. And while you were here, did your mom work in the store as well? Yes. It was my, my mom uh, managed the store. Okay. And my dad often go to Portland to buy some food, drink, something like that to go back. And, and then sell uh, in the yes. store. Tell me about your parents' personality growing up. Hey, my parents' personality, uh, sincerely, they was two amazing people. Like, I learned a lot from them. So they had good relations with the yes. rest of the village. Yes. And I can say, I, I can say they, they was uh, a leader in this community for everyone. They yes. always contact my parents and talk to them. Anytime anybody in the village had trouble, they would they would come yes. to your parents. Yes, exactly. You know, when you were there, you were working in the store ages 9 and 10. That's when you started. What about school? What was school like in the villages? <sighs> yeah, the school was uh, good, but <laughs> a little bit difficult. Um, I worked in the store each time I went back from school and during the weekend also. Did you have to go far for the school? Yes, that <laughs> for my primary school, I walk on food six hours a day. Six hours a day, yes. so three hours to go yes. to school, <laughs> yes. three, three hours, hours to, to come, come home. Back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then how long did you stay at school? Three hours. Because you've got to get home before, yeah. before the sun goes yes. down. <laughs> okay. And tell me about the school. I mean, it was a priest that ran it, is that right? Um, the school I w- was the, the first time it was a congregational school. It's it was Catholic, a congregate, a con- Catholic school. Ca- Catholic yeah, school. Okay. Yeah, Catholic school. Um, but a good school. Good school. They provide uh, food, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For primary school, it's got only only 
problem is <laughs> the school was too far from my home. Yes, yeah. I understand. But because your parents knew that school was important, they said you're going to walk three hours. Yes. Go. yes. Um, tell me, I know this isn't one of the que- mm-hmm. questions. Tell me, you know, right now violence is a big issue in Port-au-Prince. Was there violence in the villages? No violence there. Every child played together. And if, like, I do something wrong, yes, any person or neighbor can blame me. Yes. Wow. Um, well, eventually, after you went, you were in school, you went to Port-au-Prince for education. Tell me about that. Um, after, after my primary school, my parents decided to move us another school. Yeah, for high school, a city not far from Port-au-Prince. It's in Leogan. Okay. Yeah. Um, I spent six years there. Okay. And after that, uh, after I finished, I graduated from high school. I prepared to go at university in Borobin. Did your parents live in Leogan with you? No. That's the problem. That's the hardest moment for me because it was the first time I left my family. I left my parents and spent like six years without them. It was hard. How old were you when you left? 14. Okay. And you went oh, and you were 15. there with a priest? Yes. yes. Okay. I live apartment in a home like by myself. Okay. Most of the time I cook yes. for myself. Sometimes we don't have food because I was I was really focused on my uh, school. Yes. Sometimes I forget about eating. It, it, yeah. You went to Leogan, which is outside Port-au-Prince for six years. Yes. And then... Finally, you decide to go to the big city, which is yes. Port-au-Prince. Yes. And tell, tell me what it was like to go to the big city of Port-au-Prince, 2.6 million people. You're from a small village. What was it like being in Port-au-Prince? I remember the priest where at Leogan uh, I, w- I was at school. Yes. He was a big friend for me. Yes. Um, he talked... He, had a conversation with me and he said, okay, Emilio, uh, after your uh, high school, what you gonna do? I said, okay, you know, I want to be a doctor. You want to be a doctor? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. He said, okay, no problem. You, 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 you can be a doctor. I said, mm. but you know, it's really expensive. Sure. He said, okay, no problem. Don't worry about it. Keep praying. Because I see in you someone can do the big thing in the future. I say thank you. Uh, I took uh, an exam for medical school. Okay. And the second one is uh, I did it for uh, business. Okay. So you do, why, why did you do both? Yes. The reason is only because my dad and my mom didn't have enough money to pay uh, medical school for me. I think if something wrong happened, I can continue with business school. Because the plan was to get a scholarship to yeah. the medical school. Yes. So if something happened with the scholarship, you could always do business. Yeah. But okay. exactly the thing happened. After I started with uh, medical school, three months later, the priest passed away. Oh, wow. 
Um, the organization where the priests uh, came, they pay scholarship for me for one year and a half. Okay. And after that, everything broke down. Okay. And after that, you're responsible for everything. Yes. So you decided to switch to business. Yes. I remember I had a, a teacher. He was my best friend. Yes. We talked often about life, about the, I tried to explain him this, my situation. One day she said, okay, no, don't worry about it. Emilio. I'm going to, I'm going to see what I can do. And maybe one week later, he called me and said, okay, Emilio, I find a job for you. Dash hospital. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I started work. And what did you do at the hospital? Like accountant. So you were an accountant at the hospital. Yes. While you were in university. Yes. Okay. I worked there. Okay. And I keep studying. And you keep studying. Yes. And was it difficult being in Port-au-Prince? Was that a difficult time uh, in Port-au-Prince? It was. It was difficult. Doctor Shrimp. Sometimes I go to bed. Went to bed around two. Yes. One a.m. and wake up at six. Yes. To go to work. It was hard, but no choice. Yes. I you did. have to do it. Yes, I did. But then the earthquake happened. Tell me where you were with the earth, when the earthquake happened. Uh, I was in my work. I had the exam mm. at the university in the same day. Okay. And since this morning, I felt me not feeling good. So you're at work. You're not feeling good. Yeah. You have an exam later that yes, day. Yes, yes. It's okay. a stressful, something like that. And I stay, I finish with my report, everything that and close my office. I left the office. When I um, cross the street, yes, I'm going to take the tap tap together in my university. Yes. I imagine, I say, okay, I had a bad day. Mm. I think if I'm going to gonna take this exam, it's going to be create some problem. I will not. I'm going to miss this exam. So you said, okay, I'm not feeling well. Yeah, Maybe I'm not I feeling to take well. this exam yeah. another day. Exactly. I call away and I talk to them. Okay. I say, okay, I'm not be able to come in down there. I'm going to, I would start to work on food to get home. Yes. Yeah. So you're on the road yeah. and the earthquake hits. Yeah. In the middle of the road. The the uh, building where I should pass the exam yes. fell down. Wow. And a lot of people died in this mm. building. Okay. Um, so then you, the earthquake happens and you, but you finish your degree. Yeah, I finished my degree. Okay. Yeah, I finished my degree exactly in 2010. Yeah. And tell me, once you finished, what did you decide to do? One month later, yes, uh, Miss Camille just called me, yes, and said, oh, "Emilio, I need you. I want to talk. I want to talk about something interesting with you." I say, "Okay, no problem." She said to me, "Okay, Emilio, we wanna rent a space. Like we're gonna start a clinic, something like that." But uh, me and Preval, 
and we identify you like someone can help. April okay. 2010. April 2010. Yes, I start work with them. Okay. You guys are building it. You're working with Pierval and Carmel. You're one of the first employees. So you, yeah. Pierval and Carmel, are hiring every employee that has been there yeah. until now. Now we have 53, 53 employees. Yeah, um, and how else have you seen it grow? I mean, obviously the building has grown. We was like one doctor, if I can, one doctor, one, two nurses, and Emily. Yes. And it was Alita. So the pharmacy tech yeah. and a little cashier. Yeah. Yeah. And Kitlin also in the lab. So you had one lab person, yes. two people working in the pharmacy, a doctor, and two nurses. Yes. So very small yes. to start with. Yes. Became, at this time, it was Emily and Ramon work in the nutrition program and yes. the pharmacy also. Okay. And we... Keep working like this, and we grow up. Uh, a lot of patients come. Each time the less party will grow up, the yes. work became bigger. Bigger. Yes, and that's how it is. It yeah. was probably easier in the beginning, and then every time it every gets time. bigger. Exactly, your work gets harder. Exactly, exactly. And most of time, I talk to Miss Carmel Perval. Everything I had to do, I have to do, and I make sure I talk to them. Yes. And I say, okay, I want to do this, I want to do that. One of the best quality that I have, I provide a, a relationship with every people around me. Yes. Even you have problem with me, but when you have to do what you have to do, you're going to do it. Yes. Yes. I know. You... Uh really were instrumental in making sure things got done at the clinic. Yeah. I remember one of my favorite things that you did was to make sure the employees got there on time. You had a fingerprint scanner, yeah. just like we have in the United States yeah. hospitals yeah. Yeah. to make sure that every employee, no matter who it was, was arriving on time. Exactly. Exactly. Because if you, if even me, I decide to go there late, Dr. Sean, I'm going to do it. Yes. If the what leader, person gonna do? If the, yeah. If the leader shows up late, yeah. everyone will. Everyone, show up late. yeah, exactly. Um, what are you most proud of at Les Poitimoun? The, the the work is not complete yet, but no. <laughs> but but it has definitely become a real institution. Exactly. So here's a kind of a random question: mm -hmm. Americans often have trouble understanding Haiti. You know, I think we all know that Americans often have trouble when they're in Haiti. Um, what advice do you have for an American who wants to work in Haiti? Yeah, it's a complicated situation, I can say. Even me, I ask me often this question. Why we are so difficult like this? No response yet. But I try to understand because I am a Haitian. The first thing I can advise is... We have a problem there. Uh, I can't say discipline is the first thing mm. that we miss there. Mm. It's okay. this discipline from because we don't uh, apply the law. You're okay. saying that the law is not applied equally. It, yeah, exactly. And therefore, it's difficult for discipline. Yeah, exactly. Okay. At this point, I think it's 
gonna stay difficult for everyone who wanna do something better there. Uh, hey, the country, yes. in like like a country. Yes. But two different business. Yes. So you viewed Lespoitimun as not being in Haiti, you viewed it as its own country yeah, almost. Exactly. Okay. When the thing was start, it was really difficult yes. to do things because you have 30, 25 different people, different mind, yes. different way they want to do things. Yes. You cannot do nothing. If everyone has their own, yes. their own opinion. B- because we use, we apply discipline there. Yes. The thing still go smoothly. Yeah. Yes. But American want to work with a Haitian. Yes. I want to advise them just or during the time they're going to work or they're going to do something. Yes. Keep learning. Yes. From those people. Try to understand. They try to understand. Yes. Them. And um, and try to make them comfortable because Haiti is different from the U.S. No, I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, that the, that that the reason if you wanna do something for Haiti, yes. If you stay in the U.S., yes. Or you just wanna apply the reality from the U.S. Just send it there. It will not work. Nothing gonna happen. Yes, yes. You have to go there yes. and talk to them yes. and make them comfortable. Comfortable with you. Yes. To be honest with you. Honest with you. Yes. I think you're going to make me work. Yeah. Okay, that's great advice. Yeah. Okay, so here's a couple quick questions. Uh, what are the happiest moments you had in Haiti? Uh, my happiest moment. I had in Haiti seriously when I was graduate from university. Mm. When I get my diploma. diploma. Yes. You felt like this is a long yeah, a path. long long process and right now I'm gonna start another life. Okay. I, I, I remember this word. I can understand <laughs> yeah. that. What about the hardest moments you've had in Haiti? Ah the hardest moment. I had a lot, but the last one is worse. Mm. It uh, was the last uh, 2022. Yes. Uh, February 2022 when uh, the va- gang violence was started in Haiti. Yes. Like I couldn't stay at home. Yes. I moved uh, my family. I left my home. Yes. I left everything there. Yes. And go under the park to stay. Um, I, I want to ask you about that because... So I remember this. The your home was very close to the clinic. Yes, and you had built your home. It had taken maybe ten years. Ten years for I you start, to save yeah, up I, to yeah, build yeah. to build. I start. And, I start. Yeah, ten years. And you had finally finished your home. Almost finished. It was. I. I did the last work. It was in twenty twenty one. Yes. Yeah, the last work. And so you you finally feel you built your home, and then. The violence, the war breaks out close to your home and you have to abandon it. Yes. Um, I remember that weekend. Tell me that those days when you finally had to abandon your home, what what was that like? The first time when I 
came um, to get my kids from school. Yes. Um, something happened on the road. They shooting a lot. Yeah, I Jimmy, uh, Adino, Clayson. It was like five men in the uh, car with me. Yes. We went to get them from school. Uh, Dr. Sean, it was one of hard moments in my life. I say, okay, if something happened on my children, what I'm going to do? Yeah. And when we get home, and I said to my wife, okay, uh, we're going to not stay here with our ch- children yes. anymore. We're going to move them. A taba. Okay, which where, is across the river. Yeah, yeah. Where they can stay and I'm going to try to get them in the morning or I'm going to do something else. Um, if they seem still uh, dangerous at Kwadebuke, I pay someone every mo- morning Yes. to bring them to school and get them back home. So you day. stayed at your house. Yes. You sent the kids away. You sent... Yeah. And Linda also. You sent your wife yeah. across the river and yeah. you stayed to work at the clinic. Yes. Um, but then finally you had to leave too. Yeah. When was that? Yeah. And the last time, the thing... <laughs> I remember we had a meeting at Lisboa at 11.30. Okay. In the morning. In the morning. Everything changed. Mm. No one can even leave the barrier. So the walls around the clinic, ah, nobody, can, nobody can move nobody, anywhere. Yeah. And I say, okay. What's happening? Shooting everywhere? Shooting, shooting, shooting. The first time I heard some, uh, I called someone, a brother, yes. a sister. I'm sorry, your sister. I say, okay, Edwidge, you, you know what you're going to do? Uh, you gonna go uh, where my child children are in my uncle house? Yes. You're gonna stay with them because we cannot move anywhere uh, where at home right now. She said, "Okay, no problem." She go there and stay with them. So, so you got home that night. Yeah. So you left the clinic and went home. Yes, at, at around one. One in the morning? 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Because the meeting was at uh, uh, 11.30. Okay. And so, at 1, we try to leave. Okay, so meeting finishes. Yeah. At 1 p.m., you go back to your house, which is not far from the clinic, maybe yeah. I two, can't, 200 I, yards. Yeah, I can't use my car. I just leave my car. In, in, leave the car at the in, clinic. In, you run. Yeah. And you, you get home, and you're stuck at your house for seven days. Seven days. And what's happening during those seven days? Shooting night, day, night and, and day, they shooting. I woke up on the morning. I find bullet in my yard. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I said, okay. And I talked to my wife, and we decided to move. I just called a motorcycle driver. Yes. And he came. Yes. We just took out only our passport. Our okay. Documents. Yes. And we leave everything. You leave everything else that you yeah. spent ten years trying to yeah to get to build up, yeah. and you take just your passports and your documents yeah. and you yes. go only. So you decided to then 
go to, is it your uncle's house? Yeah. Okay. And eventually you decided we need to go to the United States. Yes. Yes. Tell me how you made that decision. Uh, I made that decision is because Dr. Dream, uh, I spent like more than 10 years yes. to build our home. Right. And suddenly, yes. the violence forced. Mm. And we did not know if the place where I went, the, my new uh, home, cannot be the same. Right. So you abandoned your house that you yeah. built. You're living with your uncle. Then you had to go rent a new house. And yeah. you said, well, am I going to have to abandon this house as well? I guess that's when you decided I need, yeah, to, I need yeah. a new life for myself. Yeah. And the second thing is only for the future of my children. Um, because I am the dear dad. Yes. I have to make sure I am still in life to take her then. Yes. I receive call from people. Yes. I don't know who they are. Yes. And they talk to me. I remember one time they called me, asked me to send money to them. And they send like envelope there. They ask me if I accept to give them money, they're gonna kill me. Something like that could, could happen. The last time doing the thing turned worse, the same thing happened. Yeah, one of them called me and say, okay, we know where you are. We yes. know your family. We meet with you every day. Yes. If you don't want to do that, you don't want to send or give money to us, yeah. you're going to pay. And so they said, basically, they'll kill you. Yeah, they're going to kill me. At and this point, you said, I have to leave. I have to leave. No choice. I cannot do nothing. Else. And so now you're in the United States. You've always had a visa to the United States. And now you're under application for asylum. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um, well, I think we'll stop there, but I, I'm happy that you're in the United States. Thank you. That we get to live close by and you've had quite a life in, how old are you? 41? 42. 42. In mm -hmm. 42 years, you had quite a life. Maybe in the future, we'll talk more about what it was like getting to the United States. But for now, thanks for talking with us. Thank you for listening. Every other Wednesday, we tell another story from Haiti. Our goal is simply to tell stories as we have seen them in the country. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a rich history. There are many Haitians who can tell the story of Haiti in all its richness, and we encourage you to seek them out. To learn more about the work of Light from Light in Haiti, go to lightfromlight.me. Thank you, and God bless.